Welcome back, everybody, to Cyril from the Box. Woohoo! I'm Marie. And I'm Gianna. And we, um, hmm, I don't know what I was going to say about this podcast. I didn't think that far ahead, to be honest. But we eat candy and celebrate life. Woohoo! Yeah. Nice. Um, yes. That is fair. That's a good statement. So, Marie, how's your life been? That is a very good question. I feel like I have zero thoughts on that. Um, I think that's usually how these little fun little check-ins go. Gianna's like, <laughs> Here, here's my life story. Here's all the interesting things going on. And I'm just like, uh, I think I existed, maybe. <laughs> I think I've been um, alive. How do you say? <laughs> I've been breathing the oxygen yeah. and exhaling the carbon dioxide. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, no, my um, my parents are on a cruise right now, so I have been uh, home alone. And You're that's... like Cock- Macaulay Culkin. What's his face? You mean Home Alone, the, the movie? Yeah, you're like that kid, but like a grown adult. Yes, his name was Kevin in the movie. Oh, I remember that. Whatever. Kevin. <laughs> um, good movie. Anywho, um, yes, and it is very strange because unlike Kevin, um, I'm not rejoicing in my parents' absence of my newfound freedom. Instead, I feel um very strange. I. There's probably a lot to unpack there. Do you mind if I unpack a little bit? Please. Okay. We have no agenda. Wonderful. So, um, basically, I, technically, I guess, like, I've never lived alone, right? Mm-hmm. Grew up in a five-person family. Um, in college, the first year, I lived in the dorms. I had two roommates in what was supposed to be only a double space, <laughs> but whatever. Um, two wonderful roommates, that was really great. The next year, um, I was supposed to be living with two other people in an apartment, only ended up living with one for a majority of it. Um, then again, transitioned to different housing my junior year and had three, three roommates there. And then did my final semester in college from home commuting basically there's some other like commuting stuff happening in there but that's been the most part and then after college i went to go live with one of my friends and her who three roommates at the time so i was living with four other roommates and then um right before the pandemic when i was in grad school i had a roommate in like the like campus housing or whatever that they had there so I've technically never lived alone, but it has in a weird way also felt like I have lived alone before because I don't know, maybe it's my dis- disposition or whatnot, <laughs> but I feel like for some of those experiences, I wasn't always necessarily like the closest. I think like when I lived with my friend and the three other roommates, that was probably like the most interaction I ever had with any mm-hmm. roommate situation that I had for the most part it was um less so either just because people weren't around or people had different schedules or I just like was not close with the people that I was living with like we were just on an acquaintance kind of level and so right. it felt like I was kind of living alone in those kinds of situations or whatever mm-hmm. um despite having a roommate So all that to say or to preface that being actually by myself, while I really value my alone time as an introvert, like my mom got mad. Well, she didn't get mad, but she was like, why do you always like never spend any time with us? Why do you always run up to your room at the end of the workday? And I was like, literally because my nighttime ritual is to lie in darkness in my bed for several hours <laughs> on my phone before I go to bed. Like, I just need that. I don't know what it is, but that's how, like, I guess I recharge at the end of the day. Like, yeah, I'm not trying to be running around doing a million different things and yeah. talking to people and socializing. Like, 
No, I feel, I feel like similarly, like, even though like no one's like complaining that I'm not hanging out with them, like if I get home late and I don't have time to just lay in my bed before I actually have to go to bed, mm-hmm. I don't feel rested. Yeah. When I wake exactly. up. Sorry, like, continue. I don't want to, no, you're, you're totally fine. I feel it. I feel this thing. It's like, I can't be go, go, go from the minute I wake up to the minute I go to bed. Like I need an hour to get out of my bed and then I need like at least an hour to get back. Must be in nice. Must be nice. Well, what's. Actually, technically, I just can't get up. Calls. I can't get up any earlier than like six forty-five. I can't That's do it. That's gross. I'm so sorry. Technically, I don't have to be like at work, and by at work, I mean throw on clothes and walk downstairs um, until like eight fifteen, eight thirty, depending on the the day or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but my cat, see, my family being absent has caused an issue. My cat has become so needy. <laughs> that he wakes me up at 5.45 no. in the morning. And I'm like, sir, you get fed at 6 a.m. I have a special alarm set just for you so I can crawl myself out of bed, feed them with my eyes half closed, and return to my bed and fall into a deep slumber. However, since he's been waking me up and not leaving me alone for the whole day, I like ended up getting up at, like I don't know, 7 this morning. So I had like a whole hour to like <laughs> chill Damn before you, I needed Sam. to move. Damn yeah. Anyways, so them being not here has been weird, especially because so they left on like a Friday, right? So I was like doing mm-hmm. work, whatever, not a big deal. Um, but then Saturday and Sunday, I I knew this, but I didn't fully know how much I relied on them to have any kind of semblance of a routine. Like I so desperately rely on them during the weekends to like say, hey, like we need to do this. Um, like we need to go see your grandmother. We need to go to the grocery store. We need to mow the lawn. Like they're they're just the people with the activities, <laughs> regardless of how fun of activities they are. They have the activities planned. And they you just- could go to my parents' house and you can mow their lawn. I'm sure my dad would appreciate it. I will not be doing that. Um, but, um, I, you I could go hang out with them. My mom would love to see you. Sorry, this is, is not for the podcast. <laughs> oh, well. I think I wish I talked to Gabrielle today, but we can talk about that later. Um, yes, so um, they just, like, invite me to partake in their activities, and I'm like, I would die of boredom if I didn't have them to tell me to do like some weird mundane task. Um, So I literally was like a robot trying to get through my Saturday and Sunday. Well, so like Saturday I helped a friend move. So like I had that whole chunk of the day like already taken care of for me. I didn't get back until like maybe three in the afternoon. But as soon as I got back, I was like, what, what do I do with myself? I like I it was like this weird um like agitated feeling of like I need to do something else with my day but I don't know what and like I can't tolerate boredom. It's like very hard mm-hmm. for me. I don't know why. Um uh luckily I passed out for like a couple hours, but then it was like <laughs> six and then I ran into the same problem and I was like, there's still so much day left. Uh, and I don't know what to do with myself. So I had to like, Sunday's like a better example. I had to like, okay, I need to go to the grocery store now. I guess now is a good time to start that activity. And I was like a little Sim. Like, have you ever played Sims, Gianna? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was like, but I know what Sims cook are. Now. And then I like, go do my <laughs> task. And then I just stand there <laughs> and wait for the next instruction. And then it's like, okay, you can go to this place now. And then I'd go do that. I don't know. Aww. So it was like very strange. I, I didn't like it. And then also to relate it back to the actual purpose of this podcast, I have kept my nutritionist um like around or as like a part of my support system um 95 percent because of the fact that i know i'm going to be moving out at some point i just don't know when and i've have built up a lot of anxiety around the potential of moving out strictly around how that's going to impact food for me Mm -hmm. because 
every single association that I have with not being at home has been bad food wise, right? Mm-hmm. And technically, I, I could have said the same about living at home at one point too, but I've been in recovery long enough here since the mm-hmm. beginning, beginning of the pandemic to have less issues with that. However, those issues yeah. kind of center around the idea of like being alone and there's no one there mm-hmm. to watch me or like be on top of me. And this is all like in my head, right? But like it comes from this idea of like, like with binging, right? Like binging in secret and having to be secretive about it. And so it's like when no one's home, it's like, that's the ample time to consume all the food. And so it's, I don't know, it's just like one of those things that is kind of like a bit of a trigger for me. And also like, I noticed Have you been okay with that alone? Yeah, I think for the most part, it's been fine. And like, I, I went grocery shopping by myself that, I mean, I do it anyways. And that's the weird thing is that for the most part, despite my parents like being here, I am in charge of my lunch every day and my breakfast. I decide when I'm going to eat. Like no one's impacting that simply because I'm coexisting with other people here. And same thing for dinner for most of the time. Like I'm rarely eating dinner with my family. One, because they eat different things than me. And then two, because like, luckily they, (laughs) you know, let me um, be able to eat intuitively. So if I'm not hungry at the same time that they're hungry, like I don't have to eat with them. You know what I mean? I can eat when I'm ready to, you know, or vice versa. So it's like, even if when they're here, I'm still eating the same amounts as when they're not here. You know what I mean? Um, I'm still like eating at my own times, but there is just that anxiety of like, oh, well, no one else has already started cooking dinner, eating dinner. Like, is it even okay that I'm cooking dinner right now? Like, or, you know, can I be trusted to, be in the house home alone with all this food yada yada it's just like those weird like nagging voices that are Mm -hmm. from the past you know but kind of come up when these situations present themselves so I think overall like yes it has been fine and not actually an issue but it has been something that I've been cognizant of because this has been my fear in terms of like moving out and being by myself like being put in that situation where I'm just one going to be mostly alone by myself and I think and maybe that's what's helped me a little bit is I have planned a lot about trying to stay connected and physically seeing other people in a way that I yeah usually don't have the mental or emotional capacity for um, any other time so I've like used that as a bit of a safeguard but I know like the idea of feeling alone or feeling lonely can also kind of be a trigger so yeah and boredom obviously as I stated earlier but right yeah so this has been a weird like trial run I'm excited to dissect it at my next nutritional appointment but that's been what's been going on for me over the past couple days good yeah oh you want to also want to hear something awful okay um I don't know who gave them the right, but my fitness pal decided to send me emails again. No. I was furious. I was like, why is this in my inbox? I unsubscribed. That's like my mortal enemy. I know. I was ready to fight. Ugh. Anyways, I just thought you should know that. (laughs) No, I'm glad. Fight them. Like, go to their house and punch them. Yeah. Right in the face. That's actually funny, kind of, like, what you're saying at the end there of, like like being alone and like eating and like no one's telling you what to eat or when to eat mm-hmm. that kind of ties in perfectly with our topic for the day OMG wow I'm such a good segue you're such a good segue so what I was like so usually I like I like to let Marie kind of lead the episodes because like you're just like more educated on this than me and I feel like our our um how do you say it like do you know like what I'm talking about dynamic like our, is our dynamic is yeah. like marie knows what's up and i'm just like what the palookas like <laughs> <laughs> the palookas <laughs> i'm done um so but like i just like this kind of was has been speaking to me lately um like in my own journey of recovery is um the nutrition aspect of it 
Mm. Like, like, because I feel like I'm at that point now where I have to start um, choosing nutrition sometimes over pleasure. Mm. And it's not because, like, of aesthetic reasons that I'm saying that, because honestly, I feel like my body looks exactly the same at all times now. Like, I, yeah. like, I don't see any, like, I'm, I'm at the point where I don't see, like, variation in, like, size and like I don't wing myself so I don't know but Mm -hmm. um you know I just have been feeling like really like my skin is really bad and that's also could be from (laughs) just like not a lot of like energy and stuff and I was just like kind of thinking about what I ate and there was like no nutritional value and like (laughs) (laughs) like I would just eat like fruits but not even all the time and like that's not to say you have to eat fruit all the time to be healthy or whatever but it's like there was nothing of nutrition in anything I was eating Mm. um so just something I've been thinking about lady is like how to incorporate the element of vitamins (laughs) (laughs) vitamins and minerals and like if that's intuitively not really what I want, mm, you know how what I to mean? like resolve that. Yeah. yeah. I guess, so I guess what I'm hearing is kind of like the intuitive eating principle of like gentle nutrition. Right. That's kind what of I was trying to, to say. That's yeah. what I was trying to say. Okay. And, and I just like would love to like talk about that and like hear obviously from like listeners about like gentle nutrition for you and like are you there like you know um I know for you Marie it's like different because you're you're vegan so Mm. I feel like you do eat a lot more vegetables just (laughs) by default that's like the the choice you've made ethically is like Mm. that you want to live that way which I really admire um I recovery wise I could not do that but like go you and I just like want to hear about your thoughts. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like I have so many thoughts. <laughs> um on I'm gonna start with I guess like the caveats first and then try to actually help you dissect this this interesting because I think that that's valid. I think that's hard. Um and I also might not be the best one to answer it because like my care for health is so low. <laughs> And my I mean, correlation same. between health and food is like really low. But anyways, let me. I think let that's me jump why you're the perfect thoughts. person to talk to about okay, it. Okay, great, cool. At least we can be on the same page. Okay, here are my caveats in terms of like ways that we should slash should not use gentle nutrition slash care about the nutritional value of food, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, basically. <laughs> All my opinions I'm about to share are technically not my own. Um, they come from, I attended a panel recently. Um, it was not as like a, like, you know, a panel speaker. I was just listening to it, but it was but very you good. didn't think it was worth mentioning? Well, I'm mentioning it now. Okay, so it was like, I think um, hosted by Project Heal, and then they were in collaboration with a um, some kind of like disability institute because the panel discussion was about the intersection of disability with eating disorders. Interesting. Yes. So more. Um, I don't have off. The, I should have prepared. I knew I was like probably going to want to speak about this and that I didn't adequately prepare. Um, but there are several people who I will have um, Gianna put their Instagram info in the little bio to this thing however that works love, I don't do we love crediting things. people that know what you're talking about yes um so there were several people that um we follow on instagram and uh, the people that i did not know of before the panel we have now followed them um but there are either people everyone was there because they fell into that intersection right of either working in the eating disorder community or slash like with people that have eating disorders or they themselves um, 
have a history with eating disorders or disordered eating, and then also everyone on the panel had a disability of some sort, right? And so there was a dietitian that was speaking. What is her name? I think it's Anna, to be honest. It's always Anna. It's like Anna, Rachel, <laughs> Becca. Yes, her name is Anna, Anna Sweeney. So she was speaking and she said to her, like for her clients, and I know she's made a couple of posts about this recently, that as long as you're eating enough, technically she as a nutritionist is not worried about the nutritional content of food, right? Mm -hmm. And I think like that's an important thing to remember because, um, and maybe this kind of intersects for me as being a vegan, like, in being a vegan, you have to worry more about, well, usually people are always like, well, what about getting enough protein? What about getting, you know, this vitamin, yada, yada, whatever. Like a lot of people are concerned that you won't get all the right nutrition that you're supposed to. But at the end of the day, like what it kind of comes down to is as long as you're eating enough and you're not like purposely trying to restrict any of your intake in any given category, as some vegans do, which you should not, um, you're going to be able to get enough because most foods at the end of the day, right, are going to break down into those macros of the carbohydrates, the fats and the protein. So as long as you're eating enough, you should be able to get everything that you need. So I do agree with her point that we should be focusing on the quantity first before we're focusing on making sure it's like the right quality and that it's quote unquote healthy enough. Um, obviously I understand like in your case, you're obviously eating enough. So that's not like really the issue that you're at, but I think right. that it's some people, good. yeah, some people maybe are not. Yeah. And I think it's like, um, that was okay. So I'm so sidetracked right now. I swear to God, I just like saw a flash of light come from my ceiling. <laughs> oh my I, God. It's just like. Might it's be like going insane. In Angels in America, you're not going insane. You're just a prophet, okay? You're just a oh, prophet. Okay. The world is ending. <laughs> Great. Um, I don't know if that's better, but okay. <laughs> um, it's so good, guys. It's my new obsession. Mm, the world ending or prophets? Angels in America, the play. Oh, got you. Got you. When you come, we'll watch it together, okay? It's really okay. Good. Thank you. You're making me cultured one day at a time. Um. Yes, I don't know where my train of thought was going with that other than like it. I feel like in recovery, just in general, it's really easy to kind of switch your focus if it wasn't already your focus from restriction to eating the right kinds of food and right. eating the healthy foods. And honestly, at the end of the day, you really have to focus on making sure you're eating enough over what exactly you're eating. Because at the end mm-hmm. of the day, ice cream is still going to have those macronutrients in it you know what I mean it's still going to provide some kind of nutrition even if diet culture and society does not label that as a like you know nutrient dense yeah food um so that's point one that I wanted to make and then two I believe another thing that was said in the panel and if not it definitely was said somewhere else recently that I heard it but it was probably the panel is that there is a lot of focus especially around Actually, you know what? <laughs> I think I think Anna said this as well because I think she was talking about um, how she has MS, and I don't know if it was like around got diagnosed or at some point in her journey, she kind of fell under the impression that I think a lot of the times um, happens with people that have chronic. Um, illnesses Mm -hmm. and things that they're facing Mm -hmm. Um, is that and also I apologize if you hear my cat because like I said he's been really needy and he just came into my room so you might meow stand 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 oh hi buddy no we couldn't hear him at all I just wanted to see him okay anyways um yeah so she was saying that she could hear him that time no Oh my goodness, wow, this microphone is amazing, I guess. But Or maybe it could be that I'm just, like, desensitized from Remy and Bowlby crying yeah. every day. 
Sorry, <laughs> continue. Um, those for anyone listening, those are the cats that live at Gianna's. They're not place. mine. But they are the cutest. Anywho. Mm. Um, so basically this idea that like you can cure yourself of your chronic illness through nutrition, through your food choice, mm-hmm. right? And I think when she was talking about this, I was like, oh yeah, that is a super predominant narrative. Again, ties back to the veganism thing. Um, a lot of like the health oriented vegans are like, if you go vegan, it can cure this chronic illness that you have. And it's like, are, are you, hmm? okay. Mm-hmm. Like sure that may have worked for you as this one person, right? And maybe it can work on this anecdotal level, but it's really dangerous this idea of like, um, food is a cure especially when it comes to like literal chronic illnesses like the point of it being chronic illness is that it's chronic (laughs) right um and I think that kind of sentiment is not only um kind of forced upon the disabled community it also kind of comes down into these like daily afflictions that people have right so it's like if you have ibs if you have acne you know if there's this sentiment of like well if you just identified your food triggers mm-hmm. if you just figured out like what it is that you're eating that's causing this thing to happen then you can just stop eating that and yeah like every day i feel like my mom is like oh, I ate something weird and now I have a migraine. Let me figure out what right. I'm never going to eat again. I'm like, right. that's like everything, everything. Mm-hmm. And it definitely had to be maybe a TikTok that I saw this because I don't think it was from the panel. Someone was speaking kind of similarly to that. Oh, yes, I remember who this was. So there is someone on TikTok who suffers from migraines and and they're very it's severe. It's my mom. It's not your mom. I know what your mom looks like. Um, the spirit but yes. of Claudia lives within her. Truly. Um, but she had said initially, like, she, again, thought that if only she had changed her diet, if only she could control her diet, that could help alleviate the symptoms of her migraines. And she was describing how you know, she went through these different trial phases with different types of diets. Sometimes it was just like, you know, what she may have understood to be an appropriate diet to help with the migraines or her, what she thought were her trigger foods. And then, you know, other times it was a doctor recommending a certain diet that she needed to do or whatever. And, you know, like a good patient, like she followed all these diligently, but simultaneously she was also having like, you know, starting a new medication, doing these other treatments. And so she found herself in this place where, yeah, sure, at times things were getting better, but was it really getting better because she wasn't eating all these different foods? Or was it getting better because she was on effective treatments, you know? And basically she said it ultimately kind of led to her developing a fear of all these foods. And she would go from these diets that were like opposites to one another, right? Um. So like, 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 for instance, going from like a keto diet to like a high carb diet, like those are technically opposites. And as all these foods that she thought were triggers on the one diet, suddenly she could eat again. Yeah. Or was being told were not triggers. And, you know, it's just like a confusing place to navigate. And ultimately, just like what basically what she said led her to, you know, fearing food because basically everything could be a trigger. That, that's kind of what happened to me, except, mm. like, I just, like, really wanted to be more healthy. Yeah. And then, um, and then, like, I just was, I had been vegetarian just, like, out of habit for, like, I don't know why I started being vegetarian, but I had been vegetarian for, like, almost two and a half years. And then I just stopped, and I was, like, now I'm gonna do, d- and then demon diet. Mm-hmm. With this one bad... <laughs> and it just like made me so afraid right and that's really what sent me in my downward spiral like my final downward spiral. yeah I know and yeah so basically I guess all this is to say these are like my caveats where I feel like 
this is not what gentle nutrition is, right? Like gentle nutrition isn't going down the rabbit hole of trying to use food as a cure or like as a way to remedy the things that you feel like either are a sign that you're unhealthy or make you feel unhealthy or you know actually to treat whatever actual health issue you have and granted i'm not speaking as like a medical professional because i'm sure yes there are some conditions where it's like there is (laughs) more of a direct link between the foods you eat i'm specifically thinking of our one friend who (laughs) now has like a a diagnosed stomach issue and acid reflux kind of thing and I definitely don't. But that's different. That's different because that's like a stomach issue. It's not like. Right. You have, I don't know, you have broken pinky. Now you may never eat mushrooms again. Right. Right. Yes. And even that, I feel like it's really hard and really challenging. And it's like, um, our friend doesn't have gastroparesis, but that's the one like I'm thinking of off the top of my head. Like that can be really difficult. And some people can develop you know, an eating disorder, having to go through that, like a lot of people do develop eating disorders simply because they're trying to avoid these negative consequences or the the pain or whatever and try to manage their pain. And as a result, kind of start intaking less and less and less food in that process. So there is like an incredible intersection in this topic, right? So I'm just saying in general that, um, when it comes to gentle nutrition to focus probably more broadly and don't fall into the rigidity of it, you know, and don't also like, I guess I say this because like, I, (laughs) it's hard when I personally like don't care about health, but I know other people care about it really deeply. You know what I mean? So, so, where was I? Okay, the thing is about me, like, my own personal, like, ethos, I guess, mm-hmm. that's it's like, whatever, I'm alive and well, and I'm enjoying my life. Yeah. But I do, I do know that if I want to stay alive, mm. and, like, so I've been, like, having a lot of crises lately about having children, like, I don't know why. Like, I, I don't know. It's, it's not my fault. Um, but, like, I just kind of want them, maybe. And, like, I want to stay alive when they're alive. Yeah. It's just something I've been thinking about. And, like, also, as I said before, vainly, my skin has been really bad because of, um, like, wearing a mask, like, for, like, sometimes 12 hours a day. So, like... I just, I don't know. I feel like I just want to take a little bit better care of myself. And now that I Mm. don't have a fear of eating enough Mm -hmm. and like, I I feel I like eating, like it makes me happy to be full and like, I can recognize when something's wrong. Like now I can be like, oh, I think that's because I'm hungry and not just like, you know, I don't want to pass yeah. out while I'm in class and like, I just want, you know, so I, I just feel the need to like incorporate some of this nutrition into my life. Yeah. So like, that's yeah, fair. I was doing pretty well for a while, but then the past few months, I just like have only been eating like mushrooms as a vegetable. Like that's the only vegetable I've been eating. And, like, mm. Not because of anything, just because it's like, I really like ramen, so, like, that just goes better in ramen than other vegetables. Bean sprouts? Do you like bean sprouts? Yeah, yeah, no one bought some bean sprouts for me. Do you like, um, what, the, like, snap peas or snow peas? Which I always get those confused. Um, hmm. Like, today I, like, made a different recipe. It's just, like, I just, like, feel like I've been really busy and like that's been something that I've like right. put to the side. So it's like Yeah. I don't know. I tried to buy some carrots and cucumbers. So nice. Oh, that's true. That could and slice them up. 
Yeah. As a son. That's true. I I feel like for me personally, and maybe this is because I worked with a nutritionist for so long and worked with a nutritionist that supported me in being vegan. Um, but I feel like I do always kind of think about like if I'm having a meal, even though like when it comes to convenience, like you never know what what's going to actually happen right but I think for the most part when I do think of a meal like I'm always kind of thinking first is probably like what starch I'm gonna have and the answer is uh nine times out of ten pasta pasta (laughs) and then from there I'm like okay like could I just have pasta with sauce could I just have pasta with pesto could I just have it with butter sure I could but like I will be consuming a lot of pasta in order to feel full you know what I mean and then I could be hungry shortly after so the like more gentle nutrition focused way of coming from I want pasta you know what I mean that's what I want to eat is then okay well how can I put a protein with it right so then for me, it's like probably a vegan sausage because that seems like a normal mm. protein that people eat with pasta anyways. Um, I've yet to really have a good vegan meatball, although I did try, but like if you don't. I had if one the other day and it tasted like a bean. A bean? It, like, oh. it just tasted like, like refried beans. You know, I could probably deal with that. This one was a garden one and it just wasn't good, but that's besides the point. <laughs> Um, I also, I think made my own at some point and that was fine, but, you know, thinking about if you don't have, um, any limitations in terms of what proteins you can have, uh, honestly, I feel like most proteins go with pasta. You can have shrimp scampi, you can have mm. meatballs, mm. you can do like a ground beef bolognese type thing. Um, you could do chicken. People do that. Chicken parm. You know, like oh, so many cool. options, right? Um, so pairing a protein then with said starch that you've chosen. And then personally, I've never had a problem. Like th- this is partly just how I grew up. Like whenever I went to my grandparents' house, which was like for the majority of the summer, most of the time when I was younger, um, they would always serve like at least two vegetables at all times. Wow. So I don't know why, but it's just like, kind of how I was raised so I approach things the same when I cook so I'm like okay well if I'm gonna make a sauce or use pesto whatever it is to make it taste interesting I'm always like okay I'll add onions I'll add asparagus I'll add zucchini I'll add broccoli I'll add kale spinach and I honestly kind of just toss any vegetable that seems appealing and put it Mm -hmm. in and that's kind Mm -hmm. of like my perfect meal in a nutshell and of course I'm like cooking with oil to add fats yeah you know, things like that. And I think at the end of the day, like that comes out being more or less a balanced meal because I kind of have all the main components Yeah. right there. You know what I mean? Yeah. The thing is like, and I'm, this is a fatal flaw of mine as well. Mm. Um, and I refuse to admit it, but it is true that I am picky. I am a picky eater and I refuse to say that because I like to be easy peasy. Mm-hmm. about things but like there's just so many things I don't like and I don't know if it's because of me Gianna or because of like whatever brain stuff I have going on mm-hmm. but like I like mostly things that are kind of plain yeah and I like not I some things I just can't eat like red bell pepper or any bell pepper I know I just I know. can't do it sometimes I can't do like apples like, I'm in an apple phase right now, but sometimes it, yeah. I don't like the crunch. Sometimes I don't like the crunch of don't carrots. like the crunch. Sometimes it's that too acidy for me, Interesting to me. Hmm. Um, but sometimes, like, right now I'm in an apple phase. Sure. Um, and, like, I grew up with vegetables being, like, a big fight in my home. And this is what I think, and I said this to other people before, and I'll say it to you as well. Again... I don't think you can um, 
when it comes to having food preferences or having difficult time around making food choices or um, finding foods that are appealing to you or um, if you have like sensory sensitivity needs and things like that, right? There's no reason that you need to shape your idea of what it is to have like a um, a nutritious meal around the things that you don't like. You know what I mean? No, so like, right. And I'm not like forcing myself to eat red bell peppers. Like, right. That's my worst nightmare. But I think a lot of the times like what happens is we think, okay, here's all these things that I not in the mood for here's all these vegetables that I don't really like so I don't like you know like you kind of focus on that part of it so then you're at a loss for like what to have right right so like honestly at the end of the day even I even though I'm hearing that you want more variety in the stuff that you eat there's also like nothing at all wrong with just like consuming mushrooms if that's your jam you know what I mean like I feel like especially when I'm lacking nutrients like I'm afraid that like the reason I'm so exhausted aside from like could I sleep more yeah but like if I had more nutrients in my body like would I be less tired and less prone to injury Mm, okay well I'm gonna as a not nutritionist, but someone who has attended a lot of nutrition um, sessions, I'm the only way that I can explain that. Like I, I personally don't feel, and this is again not coming at all from <laughs> medical background or any knowledge right. source. I really don't feel like, other than I know B12 for a fact can impact mood and um, I think I need tiredness. B12. Take a B12 supplement. Though. I know I need to. I need to get some. Costco. They have girl, huge bottles. Girl, do you think I'll I'm going to go drive to Costco? I will ship you my B12 pills. <laughs> just order them on Amazon.com. That's true. You can do that. But for the most part, I really don't think it's like, unless it, and also it's like, how are you supposed to know? Unless you got a full blood work panel done, how are you supposed to know what quote unquote Every nutrients, time. minerals, you know, et cetera, that you're lacking? And like, that's really hard to determine to say. And while, yes, striving for variety is going to help with that, um, you know, I think it's really hard to be like, yep, it is definitely my food choices that are making me feel No, and, like, I know it's not. That's not because I know it's mostly that I don't have any time off and I'm just Mm -hmm. not sleeping enough. Mm -hmm. But, like, I was just, like, I don't know. I guess it's a little bit of just feeling guilty about just eating Mm. Like so, same thing so much. Yeah, it's a mind fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Hmm. I think sometimes. <laughs> like it's, it, I, I mean, feel like it's waves, like, right? Like it waves. Hmm. Like sometimes I do really well on it, and sometimes I just go back to like my childhood comfort food of ramen noodles. Right. But then I also think because you're going through those those waves, there's that comparison of like, and then it gets, and let me know if I'm speaking for you, but if it were me, it would get into my head of being like, well, this is when I was being healthy. This is me being good. And then you have the times where you're not doing that and you're like, why am I not doing as well as I did? This wasn't an issue a month ago. I was eating so I mean, healthy. Why can't like, I do that now? I don't feel like I feeling? compare or blame myself for it. Mm-hmm. It's just like an observation. And it's. I feel like I actually feel kind of proud of myself in the way that I'm handling it because I don't mm-hmm. feel like I'm mad at myself at all for it. Mm-hmm. It's more like I am acknowledging that it's yeah. happening. Yeah. And like, I just, I'm not happy about it but I'm not like beating yourself up about it yeah okay then can you tell me a little bit more about like the guilt then that's associated with it like I just like I feel like I want to do better for myself Mm. like I like I deserve to to take care of myself and like I deserve to eat well Mm. Um, I, I I guess for me and also like for the people that are listening what I would kind of say to that or what I would encourage everyone to kind of think about is like 
what does that even look like? You know what yeah. I mean? So it's like if you're eating for for like your wellness, for instance, right? Like yeah. to me at least, like that's going to look different for different circumstances, right? Yeah. Like so sometimes, yeah, sure, that could be eating a variety of foods and and thinking about the nutrition that I'm getting from each of those. It could look like staying on top. <laughs> I'm taking my vitamin B12 supplements that I do not take <laughs> regularly enough. Um, but I also have things fortified with B12, so it's fine. Good. But you know what I mean? So it's like those, yeah, sure, that could be the time. But also it's like if I'm stressed out because I have a long day, like, it is taking care of myself to to still choose to nourish myself using a convenience food. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and maybe I'm just coming from the perspective of like it's better to eat than to not eat. No, of course. Mean? So it's like course. I'm always coming from a place and I think there's and I'm not necessarily talking about your specific situation, but I think sometimes there's a lot of judgment around oh, like, you know, what if I eat takeout? What if I eat convenience food? Like, there's a lot of shame around, like, making food easy and accessible. And I feel like there's this pressure that your food has to be perfect in the sense that it has to look nice. It has to look aesthetically pleasing and appetizing. Mm -hmm. It has to look, or not look, um, it has to be nutritional. It has to kind of hit all those macro categories and have those vitamins and minerals. Um, it needs to be home cooked. You, you know, if you if you can aspire to be locally grown, organic, et cetera, et cetera. There's, you know, this um, yeah. not necessarily like I think it does probably push into the territory of like elitism. You know, the no, farther sure up you it's get, definitely sounds like some. But I think at the end of the day, there's a lot of these pressures around like what a good meal looks like and what a balanced meal looks like what a um nutritious meal looks like and i just think that for a lot of people then that cultivates shame when you're not having that for like every single meal um like luckily i don't feel that way at all like if i could eat out all my meals yeah 100 percent, i would yeah. Like, if only we of, were made of unlimited money. <laughs> Yo, I'd be hitting up that chopped every day. Yes. Like, I fucking love chopped. Mm. So good. And they put so many. That's the thing is, like, I love salads that have shit in them. Yeah. They got the tortilla chips. They've got the chicken. Yes. They've got little, little seeds. I don't know. They have the creamy Caesar. Oh, fucking mm. more Caesar salad. Like, if I could eat stuff, like, out every day, I would because, like, I don't have to waste the time making it. Yeah. And which is like, you know, part partially the problem right now is like I'm not saying I have to cook all my meals. I just don't have money to buy all my meals. Right. So it does fall on you at the end of the day. So it falls on me and like and then it's again like I don't feel like like, oh my god, like I'm terrible. Yeah. I just like something I, I feel like and like now you say it's like I guess that is the intuitive part of gentle nutrition is that you're just like knowing that nutrition exists and that it's something you kind of need kind right. of because you're th- right like you know i'm when i've been eating chocolate this whole episode <laughs> and i'm looking at this little thing and there's protein in this yeah you know you get a little bit of vitamin d and you get a lot quite a bit of calcium and potassium that's that milk baby potassium is uh, and even even electrolyte. iron which, okay, so my, yeah. my one of my classmates, he's, like, he was fainting a lot, and then he went to the hospital, and they were, like, you're just iron deficient. Oh, and rip. so he goes, I'm feeling a bit iron deficient right now. I'm going to go drink some water. And we're, like, that's that not. not. He's, like, oh, <laughs> so, like, so funny. what? He's, like, what is that even iron? And like, did the oh. hospital not tell you? We're, like, like, red meat, like, spinach. He's, like, oh, so it's protein. And I'm, like, no, it's, it's a, a mineral in your body. But anyways. Yeah. Mm, doctors so, like, are not good at doing their I job. think it's just like he he I don't know. He we probably gave him a pamphlet and he probably used it to write down some lyrics on it. Like 
he's he's like so talented at music okay um anyway <laughs> anyway so like i feel like it's like that's the like the gentle part is like knowing that you will get nutrition that there are things that maybe will give you more nutrition than other things but like not there's no bad choice as long as you're feeding yourself and i guess like right this conversation has made me feel a bit better about it okay good i'm glad um yeah because i feel like for myself i've always the examples that i've always given and been given around gentle nutrition has been like you have a meeting at 12 o'clock and it's going to go until two o'clock you're not quite hungry yet for lunch what do you do and then the gentle nutrition says why don't you have a snack so you will not be completely starving by the end of your you know meeting yeah so it's kind of like I, I think the gentle nutrition, honestly, at the end of the day, is its number one priority is making sure you're eating enough, which I think yeah. comes back to what Anna Sweeney was saying, you know. Um, but I, and I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with um, finding the balance at, or trying to find the balance for yourself, at least between having things that are. Uh, really satiating for you in terms like of of a pleasurable way like mentally and then also having things that are satiating in a filling way in a nutritious way and now that I'm thinking about it I'm gonna have to find this person for you Gianna Um, there's a uh, nutritionist on TikTok that she tends to um, like kind of break down what she's having for breakfast and kind of walks you through her like intuitive process and I think it's usually very guided by gentle nutrition um Mm -hmm. so you might actually find that helpful I'll have to um, find her and I'll send you um her stuff because I could not tell you what her name is um Mm -hmm. but um if we find it we'll put it in the show notes perfect thanks um there was something else that you said that I kind of wanted to respond to but I feel like you did summarize that very beautifully Thank you. Um, Chocolate has protein. Um, I know. <laughs> and I was also thinking I saw the brand of chocolate that you were eating. And my grandparents used to give us that chocolate all the time. And it's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I going to say about gentle nutrition? It's gentle. Nutrition. Oh, I was going to ask you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was gonna ask you: Are you a, like a meal prep type of person? Is um, that in your DNA? Is it in my DNA? No. Is it like a box dye that I use religiously? Yes. Mm, okay. Because I was just thinking, I felt like I had a brilliant idea because you were mentioning like the the chop salads. It's like <laughs> if you had at least the time to like meal prep a little bit like you gotta I think when it comes to convenience if you can afford to put the energy and effort into uh making things convenient for yourself later on i.e yeah. like chopping vegetables no yeah you can like, totally make that yourself I've done you really that like. I've done that in the past um what I do now is I make big meals and right and then just have leftovers the yeah, unfortunate the thing right now is that my fridge there's three people sharing the mm. fridge mm. um and unfortunately the i will just just say there's no mm. yeah well a problem that can soon be resolved yeah I'm moving give soon. or take a couple months but yeah i'm moving um august first i'll have a new place so nice are you are you sorry to derail our conversation are you like looking looking or yeah have you found secured no. what, what is the situation uh you can't really start until so yeah I'm i figured it had to in, be closer in let's say moving date is july mm. 31st august 1st you can't really start looking even until like june 15th mm. earliest yeah like it's crazy, crazy, crazy in New York. So, so yeah. But we're moving out of Manhattan. Mm. To where? Queens. 
Queens. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. That is just surprise. easier for both of us. Yeah. Well, easier for Noam and then in the long run, happier for me. Yeah. It's closer to my grandpa. And I just kind yeah. Of a little bit closer, but I just think he was soon. Yeah, that's true. That's nice. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because I was just thinking about, I'm so bad at meal prepping. I can't do it. But I guess, okay, if I had to summarize, if you were looking to find the balance between nutrition and <laughs> convenience, the balance between nutrition, convenience, and joy when eating, mm-hmm. right? Um, here would be, I don't know the number of recommendations. Here are my recommendations. Your top tips. My top tips. Um, one, Try to consider having a protein, a starch, and a fruit and or vegetable, and a fat with every meal. Oh, I didn't even explain this, but I was going to because you were talking about sleep. I'll circle back. I'll do my top tips and I'll circle back. Just don't let me forget it. Um, So, yes, that would be tip number one. Tip number two is um, find content around like ADHD and sensory needs. I feel like that like accommodations around that, I feel like that is helpful and affirming in terms of like balancing the convenience factor of things. And especially because I feel like those spaces tend to be affirming of like, it's okay to, you know, have your little powdered vegetable stuff, put it in a drink, drink it real quick and you call it a day, you got your vegetables in, you know what I mean? or I feel like those tend to be a bit more inclusive when talking about like ways to make the cooking process more convenient instead of just like the typical spend your whole weekend meal prepping for the week, which I could never do. You know, I so I really worked for twelve hours on Saturday. Like I was not cooking when I came home. Right, exactly. So um, I think those spaces are helpful and affirming. Um, I had another tip that I was thinking about, and then I forgot. Um, other tips, start with something that at least you enjoy or starts off as convenient, and then pair it with something a little bit different. Um, like my alt- <laughs> my nutritionist told me this all the time when I was like talking about like needing convenience things, like a pack of Uncle Ben's rice or whoever's rice, you know, the instant rice, right? Um, and then some other like heatable microwavable pouch or like uh, right. like a lentil can soup. Put those together, bam, you've got a meal. Brilliant, right. perfect, love it. That's like all um, I ate during my last semester of SUNY Creatures. Yeah, I feel like, well, I know for me in hearing that from her, there was this like stigma in my head of like, but it's because it's quick and because f- it's from a can, like that's, yeah. You know, not as good as if I had just cooked the rice myself and made this to myself. Mm-mm. Throw it out the window. You've got all <laughs> the necessary components from tip number one. You're good. Um, and other tips that I have. I don't know. I lost my train of thought and I forgot. There was definitely something else that I wanted to say, but I forgot. Um. However, let me circle back to the feeling tired thing. Mm -hmm. So the one thing I learned in nutrition kind of ties back to the reason for tip number one of like why you want to have a protein, a fat and a starch at every meal. Yeah. Again, definitely no shame if you don't have every single one of those or like a main source of every single one of those at every meal. Um, I certainly for breakfast eat a bagel with cream cheese every single day. Yeah, baby. Where is the actual protein source in that? There is none, and that's okay. And, like, and I will keep. When you move to New York, where like you could just get a bagel every day. Uh, I would love that. Bagel? I would love that. Bagel but, um, True. My wallet would not be pleased. <laughs> I heard they're expensive. Um, but anyways, um, the reason for that is basically with how your um, blood sugar works, right? What allows your, again, and I don't mean to, I know there's, it's probably really loaded and there's a lot of fear mongering, 
when it comes to health and diet spaces around this. I'm not saying that these are bad things. It's just like how your body works. I'm talking about this in a very neutral way. When you have a combination of those three things and what you're eating, your blood sugar is able to kind of go up, stabilize, sustain, and then go back down. And then you'll be hungry again for your next meal, right? Right. When, for instance, and I think this is, again, where a lot of the fear-mongering kind of comes from. When you were to say, just only have um, a starch-focused meal, like, uh, I don't know. We don't, if you just have a bowl of popcorn, great. There we go. Example. Um, delicious. Love that. But if you're just having the popcorn by itself, you know, like your blood sugar kind of goes up in response to the carbohydrates in that. And then it kind of comes down quickly after. So the point of kind of having each of those in a meal and how this relates back to like energy. And I noticed this for myself. If I have a meal that centers around um, either more starches and carbohydrates. And sometimes I, I also, I guess, eat a lot of fat, but kind of putting those two together, I do feel tired after I eat the meal, right? And that's because of just how my blood sugar is like responding. Right. So when it comes to like feeling tired and energy levels, like, um, because you were saying earlier, like, what if there's, you know, a mysterious vitamin or mineral that I'm not getting and that's like contributing to my tiredness. And the only one I know of is B12 without a nutrition degree. Um, but I do know like overall, like that is a good way to kind of sustain your energy levels. Cause basically what's happening with like the, the, your like blood sugar in your body basically kind of correlates then to how you're feeling in terms of energy. Right. So I think at the end of the day, like that's it's like more of a as blood much as thing. you can. Yeah, like that's as much as like you can really control is yeah. ultimately what I'm getting at is like, and again, at the end of the day, like there's really absolutely nothing wrong with not hitting those three components in every meal. Like your world is truly no, yeah. not going to end. And I know Honestly, you know this. I'm saying it for people yeah. listening. Your world truly is not going to end if, you know, you have <laughs> raw pasta and spaghetti like I do sometimes. You know what I mean? Like it's totally okay. Did you say um, raw okay. pasta? Not like not raw uncooked. Like raw, I mean like straight plain, out of the fridge. Plain, plain. <laughs> that would be the word. I think <laughs> I just like front. got like freaked out from my friend going to the hospital and then being like, do you, because like he eats very intuitively, mm. which is great, but like yeah. that's like gummies for breakfast and then some nice. peanut butter crackers for lunch. And then I don't know what he eats for dinner because I've never seen him eat dinner because we're not, like, we don't live yeah. near each other. But Do I'm like... remember the theme of eating enough? Because I didn't hear No, I know, I know, that. I know. But then, like, the, the doctors were just like, you're iron deficient. And then that just, like, made me spiral a bit. Mm. So, See? anyway. This is, this is kind of like what I was talking about earlier, though. Yeah. There really is a lot of this pressure that, like you are your own onus for your health and health is intimately correlated to food yeah which like ultimately it's not <sighs> whatever I'm you know I'm just <laughs> give me an insure guys i'm just kidding oh my god absolutely not i actually kind of like the flavor of them though do you really which one like some of them like the chocolate one you know i had to go through phases with those well the thing is the thing is I one time they were on sale at the grocery store and I got them yeah um and it was like it was really good because like in the morning sometimes like I just don't have time to eat anything and it was so helpful but they're like 11 dollars for six of them so I only got them because they were on sale for like 450 yeah and then ever since then I'm like damn like should I just like make one smoothie per week and like pour it into like little jars no. <laughs> like it was so convenient no. oh my that's gosh true. you're right anyways they're like protein shakes and stuff, yeah i know I, I have like protein powder it's literally i'm just so fucking lazy i don't blame you I mean, i'm just okay. okay it's not that i'm lazy let me rephrase i'm not lazy i'm just tired okay and that's valid anyways guys thank you yeah. for listening to the event of course. and thank you marie for providing the Je ne sais quoi. Um, 
something. I did something all right. <laughs> no, you're just like a great a great guider of the conversation. I try. No, I appreciate yeah. the topic. I feel like this is it's really hard at the end of the it's day just to, to summarize. About. It's hard to talk about because I also feel like it's taboo with an eating disorder recovery. It's like because at the end of the, like you're not supposed to want um to focus on quote unquote healthy foods, right? Because yeah. like we're all about demoralizing foods. Yeah. Right? Fuck diet culture. We don't need that shit. And that's the but thing it's is, like, I fully I have fully fucked diet culture in the ass. Like it's over. Oh yeah. <laughs> um we've broken up, mm-hmm. you know, packed up his shit. Yeah. But like I just feel like it's different. It's like it's different for it's right. it's he's just different, okay. Well, I mean, it sounds too, like, for, for you, what you're describing to me is, like, it's not coming from this place of where, like, the orthorexia, for instance, no, like from, right? They're not one I've been the there, same. done that. It's different. Right. But at the same time, then it's, like, hard to navigate these conversations because we're still operating in a world that's run by diet culture. Yeah. That equates diet and fitness to health that labels food as healthy or not healthy like it's just hard to have a conversation around nutrition while towing the line between um you know what what's best for my recovery and what's best for you know the goals that I have for myself as a person Mm -hmm. you know and I it's just it's difficult it's difficult at the end of the day so Mm -hmm. But luckily, I feel like, you know, like you said earlier, we're both in a place of, like, a lot of self-awareness that yeah. I think is like a really great protective factor and mm-hmm. allows for those conversations. For sure. Yeah. For sure. But anyways, thanks, everybody. Um, we'll put the links to everybody's little page. Yes. Why is this coming out like this? We're going to link everything in the show notes. Um, if you want to follow us, it's at Serial from the Box. And if you want to email us, syrupfromthebox at gmail.com. If you want to follow me, it's uh, Gianna Bartolini on Instagram. Um, and, like, nowhere else is worth following. Um, don't follow Marie. Just kidding. Unless you can find you may, me. You may attempt to track her down. Mm-hmm. Anyways, bye. Bye, friends.